And God has appointed in the church, first the apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, and various kinds of tongues. Father, help us to hear your word. Father, help us not to fall into the problem that the Corinthian church fell into was an ignorance on spiritual things. And Lord, let us, as we have studied this, we have looked at this, we have meditated upon this, as we've drawn together upon this. Father, may we not be a group who are ignorant on spiritual gifts. And Father, let us draw to you and to you alone. Let us understand the author and the finisher of our faith. Father, let us understand this magnificent ability given unto your people by the hand of an awesome God, to you and you alone, our Savior and King. Amen. Your outline there, you see that there are three points in it. We are in the third point. We've been working our way through the gifts of men, the gifts that strengthen, and gifts that signal. Um, And I'll be honest with you, I am not sure how many messages we are into this, but I can tell you this is the third message that I'll be sharing with you on miracles. What is miracles? And what I have been doing, you will see it today, but I started out to look at miracles in this massive view of it and then bring it down, bring it down, bring it down, and I will be specific today on the gift of miracles and how it works. I did share with you that God has given to the body of Christ the gifts of men, men with supernatural abilities that he will build his church on. It started out with the foundation layers, which were the apostles and the prophets. After the foundation was laid, then he began working through evangelists and pastors and teachers, and that's where we are today. The foundation does not need to be laid again. We are building on what was already given chief cornerstone being jesus christ the foundation is that of the apostles and the prophets in the strengthening of this church we will see that that we have looked at in depth a number of different gifts that are used for strengthening the saints for the work of ministry they are in the pastor teachers they are in the evangelists but every child of god who is saved indwelt by the holy spirit has a supernatural ability that has the ability to take Christians and strengthen them in their walk so that the body will be in the unity of Jesus Christ and all the world will stand in awe that there is absolute oneness in the body of Christ. It cannot be manufactured. It is already given. We do not create unity in the body of Christ. It's already been given. We only maintain that body in the bond, uh, that unity in the bonds of peace. We've looked at this in depth. You'll have to get those tapes, CDs, emails or what? Not emails. What do you call them? MP3s or whatever we do these days. So you'll get through that. So now we moved into gifts that signal. And this is the reason I give this because these gifts um, are used to God to focus something. And I showed you that in the Bible, the gifts of miracle is very small. We, we seem to have it in our mind that God... Now listen, I really need you to pay attention to me today. Because I've had a number of people come to me and say, well, what about this and what about that? I am talking about God using a man to do miracles. I'm not talking about God doing miracles. God can do anything he wants, anytime he wants, whatever he wants. But when you see him intervene through a human, he did it with Moses, Elijah and Elisha, Jesus and the apostle and a few associated with the apostles. That's it. That's it. Yes, he made an axe head float. God can do whatever God wants to do. Uh, Matt said, well, what about when the sun stopped for Joshua? Did Joshua stop the sun? No. God stopped the sun. 
Joshua was out busy whooping Philistines or Canaanites or Amorites or some kind of Hittites or something. I don't remember. But I'm talking about when God takes a man and says, I will do miracles through this man. You have Moses, Elijah, and Elijah, right? Jesus and the apostles. And those that are associated with the apostles. You do not see it outside of that. Okay? Now, people will ask, do you believe that the gift of miracles is gone? I cannot give you a text that says, in uh, 92 AD, at the canonization of Scripture, we will stop having miracles. But I did show you that miracles had a, 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 a revelatory affirmation going on in it. When God was revealing himself, he did it through Moses. Right? Then he said, I will reveal myself to the prophets and I will prove it by affirming it through Elijah and Elijah. And then it was done. You have Malachi, the last prophet. You have 400 years of silence. God didn't say anything. Why? Old Testament's done. I don't need to say anymore. Then you have Jesus. Okay? Understand, Jesus lived 30 years and we don't even get as much as a boo out of him. And then we have the wedding in Canaan. All right? He goes down and is baptized, and from that point on for three years, disease and death stopped. Why? God was revealing himself. Okay? Then you have the apostles, the, 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 the original disciples, the eleven. All right? Then Paul. All right? And you have their ministries. And as they went out and began preaching in the power of the Holy Spirit, how were they affirming that they were speaking for God? How do I know that the book of Romans was written by a true Christian? How do I know that? Because the author of the book had the ability to do what? Miracles. All right? And I want to show you miracles because when you see miracles, you see it as, a, as God affirming this person. Now then, if I'm preaching today and I claim I'm speaking for the Lord, how do you know if I'm speaking for Him or not? What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? Is what he's saying go with... You know, and it's, what's crazy to me today is that I look at what's going on in the church and I'm thinking, it ain't working. <laughs> uh, nobody's reading the verse in front of or behind whatever the guy's teaching. Just read it. And, well, you just don't... Never mind. We won't go there. I've been gone for a while. Okay. There was, and when I talk about miracles, I want you to understand there is no other explanation than God's doing something. Please understand that. I, I hear people, it happens a lot with, quote unquote, the gift of healings. Okay, now listen, if there's gifts out there, these gifts that signal things, that's the one I want. I'm going to go mess with some people. Okay, I am going to put hospitals out of business. All right. I mean, I'm going to put the morgues out of business. I want to fix this. And yet I see this stuff. You know, I was diagnosed with this disease and I went in and I got this kind of treatment and all this and it was a miracle. No, man, you went to a doctor. A doctor gave you some kind of treatment and the disease went away and do, poof, there you go. Okay. Um, there is a lot of emphasis today on miracles and, and healings and stuff like this in the evangelical body. And I don't see any of them biblical. 
And I'm not here to pick on people. I'm saying what I see quoted as miracles and healings are not biblical in what they're claiming. All right? And in and, and the next few weeks as I move into the gift of healings and as I conclude this on miracles, I'm going to just show you what the Bible says. Okay, and if you say, well, but I remember, because I remember I got in an argument with me one time. Well, my, my uncle knew this guy who had this friend of his who's seen this evangelist who came through town and this two counties over from me and this guy was blind and now he can see. Who? Did you see the guy? No. Well, how do you know he was blind? Well, they said he was blind. I, did you see the evangelist? No. Did you see, do you know the uncle who knew the guy who knew the uncle had the guy who knew the guy? No. So why are you repeating that? Do you see what I'm trying to get at? And, and, and I've been doing a lot of reading on this. And I've got to be honest with you, I don't see this anymore. Here's another reason. This was to affirm that the spokesman was bringing revelation of God. The re- now, when I think about revelation, don't think about the last book. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about God revealing himself and what I'm giving you is a truth. I am a believer that the Bible is finished. I don't believe that we need any more. And I'm very narrow on that. And I believe that if you have to have a miracle, then you're saying that God is revealing himself. And I believe with all of my heart, that's heresy. Revelation says, anyone who adds to or takes away from this book, let the plagues be upon them. I'm thinking, he's kind of serious about this. And I watch people on a regular basis saying, well, God's doing this. And, and, it, and, it, and I'll be honest with you, it happened between 400 and 600 A.D. because there was the birth of a thing that you know today, the Catholic Church. And the Catholic Church had to say God was revealing through us, so he is still doing what? Miracles. Uh, the charismatic movement has this a lot. You know what? They say God's still speaking through them. At least they understand what the gift is for. Yes, it is supposedly for the revelation of God. And I believe in both cases it's heresy. Uh, You don't have to be so blunt. Okay. But I still think it's heresy. (laughs) So, my Bible says, you know what, done. And I'm... I'm just going to leave it at done. And if you want to add to yours, go ahead. But I'll show you the one that says that the plagues are coming. Okay. Um, Well, that's what it says. I didn't write it. In Iconium, they entered the synagogue and the Jews together, and they spoke in such a manner that a large number of people believed both Jews and Greeks. But the Jews who disbelieved stirred up in their minds of the Gentiles and bittered them against the brethren. Therefore, they spent a long time speaking boldly with reliance on the Lord, Now, key, what are they doing? They're speaking boldly before the Lord. You've got to get a hold of this. All right. Who was testifying to the word of his grace, granting that signs and wonders be done by their hands. How is it that I see these guys, quote unquote, doing miracles and I don't hear no preaching? I'm not telling out of the book of Acts, chapter 14. 
Okay? Do you see what I'm trying to get at? When you see miracles, you always see preaching. Why? I am speaking for the Lord. How do you know he's speaking for the Lord? They had the ability to validate it through wonders, through signs. That was the apostles. Okay? And 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, it says they were doing the signs of an apostle. Not the sign of an apostle, but signs of an apostle. They were doing multiple things, not one thing. All right? Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 4. You see this special gift given to the apostles, and they have no other explanation than God is doing it. Okay? Today, how do I do that? It's easy. Well, no, it's not. It's easy to validate it, though. Why? Study diligently the word, and it proves itself as to what it claims to be. That's how it's done. Uh, you want a miracle today? You're holding it in your lap if you hold, have the word. It's the greatest miracle you and I possess right now. Miracles are abilities to confirm the word when God was revealing the word. All right? To say that miracles continue today, and I know biblically that they only have the purpose to confirm God's revelation, is to say that God is still revealing his word. And he's not. He's not. If we believe the word of God is finished, complete revelation is over with, and he said all that he has to say, it is done. It's clear through the Gospels and through the book of Acts that there was a progressive lessening of miracles through the book. When people got sick, they didn't call for the healer. Who did they call for? Take some wine for your stomach, Timothy. Why? So you're not upset. You know, what does that mean? Well, he's evidently having some stomach problem. Epaphroditus got so sick, he was almost near, near death. What do you do for Epaphroditus? We prayed for him. Well, gee, don't we do that today? Yeah, and you know what? Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Why don't you call for the healer? When they cut Paul's head off, why didn't we get the guy who go over and put the head back on? Do you see what I'm trying to get at? So why is it today? Why is it today? If people don't believe the Bible, let me tell you something. They're not going to believe miracles. Because the Bible is full of miracles. And Jesus himself says, Woe is to you, Chorazin. Woe is to you, Bethsaida. Woe is you, Capernaum. Had the works been done in Sodom and Gomorrah that were done before you, they would have come to repentance. So miracles couldn't save Chorazin, couldn't save Bethsaida, couldn't save Capernaum. Okay? Listen, there's enough miracles in the past to be convincing. I don't have to worry about it. The virgin birth. You know what is the greatest miracle I know for a fact? There's no body for Jesus. We have a tomb. Listen, I've seen people line up to kiss this slab of stone that they said his body laid on. If we had a body, they would, we would be worshiping it. Somewhere, doing something weird with it. But I've seen a stone and they line up. And I'm thinking, that is disgusting. Well, that's the way I looked at it. You know, but you just see him line up. He laid on that stone. How do you know? Has it got like a burnt mark or something that, you know, when he was resurrected? How do you know? How do you know that somebody just didn't cut a piece of rock and say, hey. I see people pay coins shekels 
to be able to reach in and touch the hole where the cross sat down on Golgotha. What is that? So I, you want to see a miracle? There ain't no body for Jesus. I like that. I mean, I heard today that, or this week that the Vatican found uh, Paul's body. They dug it up, found a big old iron box that didn't have no head on it. That's Paul. Whoa, dude. No, they've already had John the Baptist's body because they had a guy who stole the arm and he got rich as long as he kept the arm hidden in his closet. And when he got rid of it out of his closet, they found him, they busted him, he went into poverty. You guys think I'm kidding you. These are truths. And you just sit there and go, and I'm not even going to get into this breast milk that they claim is Mary's. Okay, well, it has miraculous abilities. I ain't drinking it. I don't care what you do with it. I ain't going there. Well, that, but, but it's a miracle. It's a miracle. You guys are morons. And I say that in love. There's no need for miracles today. People don't need miracles. You know what? They need to believe the Word of God. If they do not believe the Word of God, they will not believe miracles either. Listen, Jesus used the illustration of the rich man and Lazarus. And the rich man, he says, just touch my lips with water. It is such torment down here. Jesus said no. And he says, well, let me come back from the grave and I will share with my brothers what has happened here so that they will not end up with this fate. And Jesus says, if they will not listen to the prophets and the law of Moses, they will not listen to one who's been raised from the dead. Guess what? They don't listen to Jesus today. He was raised from the dead. If they do not believe the book. So there is a limited time. It was for the laying of the foundation. It is for the laying of the four gospels, the book of Acts, the epistles, and the revelation of the conclusion of the age. It was for limited persons. You see it in the apostles and the prophets and the early New Testament preachers. It was for a limited purpose, uh, limited persons, but then it was limited purpose. It was for confirming what these men were of God. They were of God. It was signpost pointing to God's revelation. Listen to my living word. Listen to my written word. It was done. It was recorded. There's no more need. We don't need them anymore. Reality is that we don't need the signs anymore. The difference between... It's like a picture. The miracle was a picture. All right? Let's let's say uh, you have a longing for somebody. You love somebody. All right? And you have their picture. Okay, and you look at the picture, and it's just so cool. There's that person, and I just love that person. Man, that is just a cool picture and all the rest of it. Now that person shows up. What are you going to do with the picture? You don't look at the picture no more. Why? There's the reality. And if not, you're going to be divorced. But uh, <laughs> I'm in love with your picture. It's just you. It bugs me. Um, <laughs> no. I don't think that's going to work. But you see what I'm trying to get at? And I see people who don't. I want miracles. I don't want miracles. I have the book. I already have the book. I don't need no miracles. I don't need you to reveal anything to me. Why? Look, I just read your word. Okay, now then, I want to start getting a little specific. That's sort of like an introduction. This word that you see in verse 28, okay, then miracles. Okay, the word in the original language... Is dunamis. Okay? Um, I believe that we have kind of messed this thing up. 
I think it should be translated as the word says it is. Dunamis is power. I think it's the gift of power. It's power. Um, the root of the word in the original language is the ability to do something, an ability, an ability, a power, or an energy. Okay? So I said, well, that's, how tough can that be? Well, here's how tough it was. The noun is used 120 times in the New Testament. The verb is used a little over 100 times in the New Testament. So that makes it tough. All right? And um, I do you, do you want me to cover all 229 uses? Are you sure? I can cover all, all of them and tell you this is the noun, this is the verb, this is the noun. You want me, I can do that. Uh, I did that, and to date, I don't know why. <laughs> I, it was obvious God says, here, have some free time. Okay? The word you see there in 1 Corinthians twelve twenty-eight, dunamis, is the same word as used in the Gospels. So I'm just going to go over to my favorite doctor. Uh, I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow, so I thought I'd just hang out with Luke. Um, Luke is the doctor. Um, I'll tell my doctor that tomorrow. I was hanging out with Luke, and he says, you're, never mind. Um, Luke chapter 4, verse 13. When the devil had finished with the temptation, he left him until the opportune time. That's a key phrase there. I want you to understand that. When this is, Jesus has been in the wilderness. He'd been tempted by Satan after fasting. Um, and the opportune time there was fascinating to me. That means that Satan wasn't done. He kept coming back. Um, and when you look at this, he had ended all of the testing. All right? Now look at verse 14. And Jesus returned to Galilee in how? The power of the Spirit. Same word that you have in Corinthians 12.28. 1 Corinthians 12.28. How did he get back to Galilee? In the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, here's something that is missed by people who study the Gospels. The whole life of Jesus, day by day, he was in a fight, in a battle. With whom? Satan. You know why, right? He had invaded the kingdom of darkness. And the kingdom, the king was a little perturbed. Um, I went and studied spiritual warfare and it dawned on me that the war is not with you and I and Satan. It is Satan against God. And we just happen to be uh, collateral damage. (laughs) Okay. So you see this right here. It's used. How did Jesus overcome Satan? Power of the Holy Spirit. A struggle against Satan. That's how it's used in the gospel. Chapter 4, verse 36. Same gospel. And amazement came upon them all, and they began talking to one another, saying, What is this message? With what authority and what? Power. What's he doing with it? Commanding unclean spirits. Unclean spirits. Exousia dunamis, authority and power. Authority and power. How was it manifested? 
This gift of miracles, how is it manifested? It's against demons. Do you want me to go on? It's always against demons. I went over and over and over and over and over. It's always against demons. The power against what? Demons. The unclean spirits. Demons. Against Satan. Demons. What is it? Miracles. It's against demons. Demonic forces over and over and over. And how did he do it? He would come preaching and with power over the demons. How's come? Why is it used that way? Go to Luke chapter 6, verse 17 and 18. Jesus came down with them, stood on a level place. There was a large crowd of his disciples, great throng of people, all Judea, Jerusalem, the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and healed them of their diseases and those who were troubled with what? Unclearing spirits were being cured and all the people were trying to touch him for the... Power, the dunamis, was coming from him. Okay? Uh, Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, 34. And he healed many who were ill with various diseases, and he cast out many demons, and he, had, <clears throat> and he was not permitting the demons to speak. How powerful was he? Verse 39, he went into the synagogues throughout all of Galilee, preaching and what? Casting out demons. It's this gift, dunamis, is amazing ability to cast demons, and it's always connected with preaching. He was preaching and casting out demons. Why? Think about it. The gift of miracles is always connected to the revelation of God. God revealing himself. What is he revealing himself to? I am greater than the kingdom of darkness. Can't even stop me. Jews understood that one angel killed 185,000 Assyrians. And all he has to do to a demon is speak. What? Power, what dunamis does he have? Write these down, do it your own study on this because it's, I, I, I can't emphasize this enough. Okay, Mark chapter 5, the demoniac. Okay, and everybody says, well, Terry, that's a dumb term. Why do you use that word demoniac? The dude was a maniac who had a demon in him. What would you call it? It was a demoniac. I remember what gets on me. That's what it is in the text. And they said, well, Terry, you're just using that word. No, he was a maniac. Listen, the dude's living in a tomb. What would you call him? Okay, and he had a demon. I'm calling him a demoniac. All right, I mean, I couldn't believe it. People say, hey, you call it, why do you call him? Anyway, that's Mark 5. Mark 7, verses 24 through 30, you see it. Matthew chapter 9, verse 31 through 33. Matthew chapter 12, verse 22 through 23. Over and over and oh, Here's one. Here's a dandy. I ought to go to this one. Uh, Luke's Gospel, chapter 9. Okay. 42 and 43. While he was still approaching, the demon slammed him to the ground and threw him into convulsion. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the boy, gave him back to the father. 
And they were all amazed at the greatness of God. But while everyone was marveling at this, he was at all that he was doing, he said to his disciples, let the word sink into your ears. The Son of Man is going to be delivered to the hands of men. Hmm. Child back to his father. They were amazed at the power of who? God. The gift of miracles, the gift of power, is a supernatural, instantaneous ability to fight demons. Okay, now listen, I don't want to just limit it to that. Remember, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 6, there are varieties as the Spirit demands to use it. But every time I see dunamis used, it is in conjunction with preaching and whooping demons. That's what it is. Okay? So there's a primary gift here. The gift of powers by Christ was showing that the kingdom of God ruled the kingdom of Satan. It was an instantaneous ability to cast Satan or any of his allies out. And all he had to do is say a word. It wasn't one of these chanting things or like you can make a three-hour movie out of. He said, out, by. And I, and he affirming this because the testimony would be this. Why would you want to be a part of the kingdom which I control when I'm offering you my kingdom? Um, I like this one too. Well, I'll just give it to you. Matthew chapter 8 verse 16. It is worth the word. It was with the word. With the word. When he healed the sick, you know what? It was with a... With a word. Now, I want to show you something else here because it's, it's, I want to show you the gift. Uh, in Luke's Gospel, chapter 9, verse 1, he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority. What? Dunamis excessius. Dunamis excessius. What? Over all demons. Key here. And to heal diseases. And I'll deal with that in the weeks to come. To heal diseases. He sent him out to proclaim the kingdom of God and perform healing. Listen, if I can whoop a demon, don't you think I ought to say something after I'm done? Ain't that the key to this? Somebody acknowledge me. We are here to what? Preach the kingdom of God. It is at hand. It is now. If Listen, if you can do a miracle, why wouldn't you preach? That's what Jesus did. He preached, and to affirm his power and authority, he did what? Defeated his opponent. He gave them. The kingdom is here. But it's interesting, if you go over to Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, it goes beyond the twelve. Listen, it doesn't do any good to cast out demons and to heal if you don't open your mouth about the message of God. Does it? No. All right, look at chapter 10, verse 17. Seventy returned with joy. Who had sent the 70 out? Christ did. They returned with joy saying what? Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Whoa! Jesus is like, duh. 
Here's what he says. I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. What was you thinking? Why are you amazed at that? Verse 18. Look, look, verse 19. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the dunamis of the enemy. You have the ability to power over the enemy. And nothing will injure you. Okay? No big deal. Listen, the book of Acts, I'll just give you some of these so we can get through it. The book of Acts, it says that Stephen in chapter 6, verse 8. Stephen, you know who Stephen is, right? First one martyred. All right. It says, Stephen was full of faith and dunamis. Okay, he was full of power and he did wonders among the people. And he's more powerful than their darkness. In Acts chapter 8, verse 7, you see unclean spirits were part of Philip's ministry. They were leaving. They run away. Remember the one spirit? They were trying to cast them out and we were doing it in Jesus' name. He said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. I don't know you. And the demon whooped them. Why? Because they didn't have the dunamis. The dunamis. Okay, um, in Acts chapter 13 and verse 19, you see it dealing with the kingdom of, of Satan. And, 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 and so, do you see what I'm trying to get at here? They went preaching and they affirmed their preaching by power. Their power were over the kingdom that they were assailing. You've got to understand this. Please understand this. Your war that you live in, okay, is against Satan, a third of the fallen angels, and godless men. Okay? That's why you are to take every thought captive. That's why you do not fight against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers in high places. And everything, every speculation that comes against what? The Word of God. Okay. Terry, you convinced me. It's a revelatory gift. I see that and all the rest of it. What about the demons? Okay, you said that there's a third of the demons and the big kahuna. Um, what do I do with demons? Well, if you're saying that, I'm going to try not to insult you. As a Christian, here's what I've been taught to do. I am to minister to one another. Am I not? I am to reprove one another. I am to rebuke one another. I am to love one another, teach one another, edify one another, pray for one another, right? What about casting out demons? Let me tell you something. Instruction is very clear in Scripture. It never has to do with someone else. It is deal with it yourself. What? No, that's what it says. I'm going to give you these really quick because we're just going to be done. We're done. All right? How do I... If there's a third of the fallen angels, and how many are there? Gazillion. I don't know. They use the largest number in the Greek. And that's 
T thousands of thousands, ten thousand times, times ten thousands. So how many is that? As many as the stars. Okay, and a third went with Satan. Okay, so I'm thinking they're still hanging around. And you know, there's some are in bondage. Okay, and are in, in a pit right now, some place nasty. Okay, and there's some more who get kind of thrown into it at other different times. And I don't want to get into all of that because that's that's what happens when you fly in an airplane too long. You sit around and figure out what demons are doing. Um, well, that sounded wrong, didn't it? What kind of airplane were you flying in? <laughs> it was a nasty airplane. Okay, I want you to know something. If you have a demon problem, <laughs> stay away from me. <laughs> That's first. Listen, if you have a demon problem, I can't get rid of it. And there ain't a Christian around you who can get rid of it. Okay? Because when it comes to dealing with the demonic realm, for a Christian, it is an individual responsibility. James says, resist the devil and he will flee. It doesn't say call the pastor and have him resist the devil. It doesn't say call the guy who's got the gift of power and have him resist. Quit it. And these people running around saying, I'm going to bind Satan. Ugh. I don't need to go there. Okay. It is an individual thing. You deal with it. Ephesians says, take up the whole armor of God. Why? So you can resist the devil who's going to shoot you a little dark. Okay. It doesn't say... Quick, get the pastor to stand in front of you as the devil's darts come. Because I got news for you. I ain't doing it. Go ahead, shoot him. I mean, and I'm doing that in love. Why? You have to do this. I don't do this. I don't want this job. Second Corinthians, don't do anything that will give Satan an advantage in you. First Corinthians, he said in your marriage, don't hold back sex from your spouse. Why? So you don't give the enemy a foothold. Uh, is that rocket science? That ain't rocket science. Who is it saying it should do this? Listen, you don't want me coming to your house telling you you need to have sex with your spouse. You've let Satan in here and you guys just need to go have sex. What kind of Baptist church are you in? See what I'm saying? It needs to be on your shoulders. You know what? Let's call the elders. Matt, you go in my place. My blessings, brother. First Peter 5 says you stand fast. Why? So that the devil don't chew you up and spit you out like a lion. Stand in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Stand in his faith. Stand in that faith. Stand in what you already know. Why? Because he's running around trying to devour Christians. So you stand there. Second Timothy Live a pure life. Why? So there isn't a way to be invaded. Okay? In case you haven't figured it out yet, this is personalized instruction. Isn't it? 
It doesn't say, listen, if I've got this personalized instruction, how's come nowhere in there that says, go get the guy who's got the gift of power? Okay? Here's the telltale. I'm going to close with this thought. Just before Peter denied Christ three times, before Jesus was arrested, okay, just before that, you know, he says, well, what if all forsake me and all the rest of him? He says, no, I'll never forsake you. And he says, well, I'll tell you the truth, you're going to deny me three times. Before the rooster crows. Okay? All right? He says, Peter, Satan has asked to, depending on your translation, <laughs> sift you. And what it means was, is the term is, is they used to have these pans, the great big pans, it's just a dish, it was made out of uh, weave um, reeds, and you'd throw the grain in there, and what you'd do is you'd flip it up and down in the air, and as the wind blew, it'd blow, blow the chaff away, and the seed would lay in the bottom of it. So just flip it up, and flip it up, and flip it up, and all the chaff would blow away, and you'd have the seed there, and you'd cake it out and put some more in. That's the term he uses. Satan wants to shake up your universe. And he wants to do it in such a way you just blow away. And Jesus' response to that was what? I've prayed for you. Now, if I'm Peter, I'm sitting there saying, what'd you tell him? I've seen your power over the demons. He's on the list. And you told him, no. He said, no. I prayed for you. And when it happens, when you're done, you'll be able to do what? Strengthen the other saints that you came out on the other side. Right? If I resist the devil, what will happen? He'll come at you another way. He will. I showed you that. At that point in time when he let Jesus go, he just waited for another attack. He ain't going to stop. But I showed you, if you've got the whole armor of God, if you don't give Him a place, if you understand you need to stand fast so you don't get chewed up, and if you understand that you live in a pure way, that you're not a target, it ain't hard. It ain't hard. Okay? But you know what is key to this text? The gift of miracles is God really re- revealing Himself. Okay? And He did it because the gift of miracles slash power was to show you that the def- other kingdom was defeated. And was under the authority of the risen kingdom. And you and I are part of the risen kingdom. We have no need for the gift of powers anymore because God has revealed himself. It's obvious. I've seen him. I look in his word. There he is. Okay. When it comes to demonic fights, which you're going to be in. You're going to be in. I, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to teach this on spiritual warfare or not. I may or may not. I know I definitely am going to on Wednesday night. Uh, but I, I don't know if I'm going to stop and, and preach this or not. I may or I don't know. I'm not there yet. Okay. But I do know this. I have an adversary who wants to devour me. And you know what's really cool about him? When he gets a hold of you, he knocks you down, he holds you down, and then he roars as loud as he can. And if you don't believe me, there's a pastor in Colorado Springs who's being roared over, and there's one up here in Denver who's being roared over. So don't ever think that you're immune. Okay? The war is there. And the power to overcome it is there. But the power is in Jesus Christ. 
You want to overcome demon? Personalized instruction. Just give it to you. You have to fight it. Well, I'll be there with you. Behind you. I'll do the cheers. Go, team, go. I have no desire whatsoever to go fight no demon. I don't want to fight yours. I definitely don't want to fight yours. And I'm running for mine. So, got it? So you see the power. The gift of miracles is revelation of God in a form that says, my kingdom has defeated yours. And I have all authority over you. All right? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your graciousness and your spirit. Lord, I just uh, I pray that my brothers and sisters hear this. I pray that, Father, we collectively are not ignorant of your spiritual giftedness, your spiritual abilities through your people. Father, may we exercise it in the power and the glory that only spoke existence into being. Father, may we exercise it in a way that draws, unifies, Father, edifies. Father, and if we have to rebuke, we rebuke. If we have to reprove, we reprove. We love, we pray. Father, let us walk arm in arm to the glory of the King of kings and Lord of lords. Praise you, Lord, for this text. I thank you for what you've shown me. I pray that my brothers and sisters see. Father, that the gift of miracles, yes, power, definitely was efficient. For what we possess today is your holy book. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. In Christ's name. Amen.